Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode of the Mark Demine Show is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I've been taking Athletic Greens for several years now, and I absolutely love this product. I started using it because I wanted an insurance policy for the micronutrients that I was taking in every day. With one scoop of Athletic Greens, you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. This helps me start my day right. That special blend of ingredients supports my gut health, improves my nervous system balance, my immune system, gives me energy, helps with recovery, focus, longevity, all of that. I think this is like a silver bullet. The company's amazing too. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews and they're a climate-neutral certified company. For every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids also, including No Kid Hungry here in the United States. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. One scoop and a cup of water or in a smoothie every day, that's it. No need for thousands of different pills and supplements to improve your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is gonna give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go visit athleticgreens.com forward slash divine. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash divine to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Coming up on the Mark Divine Show. Is consciousness really is a human creation? I mean, and if you ask that humans have consciousness, where is it? How does it get created? You can never put a test tube with a bunch of chemicals and send the electrical signal and the test tube says, don't you touch me, I'm jealous. My point is, where does that consciousness happen? Welcome to the Mark Devine Show. I'm your host, Mark Devine. Thanks for joining me. On the show, I discover, dive in, discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, resilient leaders so courageous. I talk in depth to people from all walks of life, from martial arts grandmasters, meditation monks, elite CEO and entrepreneurs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. In each episode, I endeavor to turn the guest experience into actionable insights that you can learn from and use to lead a life filled with courage, compassion, and inspiration. I'm excited for today's episode. We're going to talk about turning big dreams into big ideas, achieving entrepreneurial success with a moonshot mindset and the importance of challenging yourself, influencing others, and all sorts of other things because my guest is Naveen Jain, a serial entrepreneur, philanthropist, who's on a mission to solve some of the world's biggest challenges, first through health and longevity with Viome Life Sciences, a company on a mission to make chronic illness optional. Also near and dear to my interest is Moon Express, a company with permission from the U.S. government to harvest resources on the moon. Naveen is a sought-after thought leader and has received various industry praise and has received numerous accolades, including Fast Company's Most Creative Person of the Year and the Young Entrepreneur of the Year. Welcome to the show, Naveen. It's really good to see you, and I hope you're doing well after a couple of years of COVID and craziness going on in the world. 
Well, first of all, life has been absolutely amazing. And I think it's very little to do with what's happening around you. Because at the end of the day, you and I both know that our happiness and our joy comes from inside us. There is nothing from outside that can actually control how we feel. So when someone tells you, oh, this person makes me angry, the answer is no, you make yourself angry. They may be a trigger, but at the end of the day, you can't be a slave to someone else's control and they can make you happy or make you angry. So I think from that perspective, I find just myself to be, you know, just in this amazing bliss. I get up at 4 a.m. every day. I jump out of the bed with joy and I feel that I'm doing God's work and I just love every minute of my life. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, if you could bottle that, you'd be, you know, probably far wealthier than you are today. That's amazing. You know, it sounds a lot like a yogi. You're coming, you're born in India. Is that right? That is correct. Do you have any yogis in, in your family who well, espouse no, this don't. philosophy or this self-learned? This is actually a philosophy. It's not a yogic philosophy or it is a basic fundamental human philosophy in my mind because when you keep chasing something or someone to make you happy, it may be a very transitional happiness you may get. But at the end of the day, when you don't love yourself and you are not happy inside you, you could be in a paradise and you still be unhappy. And when you just love everything, what you stand for, what you do, you could be in a dark place and you still be happy. That's right. <laughs> yes, it sounds like Viktor Frankl talking also. Obviously, want to talk about technology and exponential change and moonshots and all that kind of stuff because I'm an entrepreneur at heart, but I'm also uh, a philosopher and spiritual seeker and a teacher. And so I want to hear from you, like, how did you develop this mindset and how did you find bliss? Because it's not common. People struggle with that. Our society is very violent and negative. And what you just espoused is not taught in school. You know, we teach, we download knowledge in school, do horizontal learning, not vertical learning. So what you are talking about is a depth of character that includes peace of mind, equanimity, compassion, and care. How did you develop that? Or were you born that way? Well, first of all, I mean, you look at the thing, you know, from the time you develop in a Western society, you're taught about goals. What are your goals in life? As if achieving those goals is something, your purpose in life is to achieve those goals. And somehow when you get there, you're going to be happy. And you're always chasing those goals to be happy. And in between, you say, well, I am just going through this motion and I'm suffering and I had, but that's the pain, no pain, no gain. And you keep suffering and hoping that someday when you get there, and when you get there, you look back and say, for what? (laughs) Well, the other thing is there's no there there. If you're chasing those outer things, you find it's kind of like you're trying to pick up the can, but every time you get close to it, you kick it further down the road. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, in a spiritual philosophy, and there's a word in Indian language called Maya, which is basically English called Mirage. That when you see something, you get there and you say, well, that is not there. But if out there, there is something out there. (laughs) They move the goalpost. Yeah, always chasing that mirage. And I think part of it, I think if I may look from a, a more spiritual perspective, is that when something happens to you, we have this tendency to actually assign it a label. Is it good or is it bad? And just the fact we assign it a label, it changes our emotions. It is good and you feel euphoric. Uh, it's bad and everybody's sad for you and you are sad for yourself without realizing the event that just happened. You may not know for a decade or years, is it actually good for you or bad for you, right? 
I don't know if you if we ever shared this story that I just love. This is a Chinese, I think, a fairy tale. Here is a guy who is an old man, and one day he decides that you know he's going to、uh, get a horse because that is what he's going to actually build his future around, right? So he buys this horse, and everybody in the village is laughing at him that you took all your life saving and bought a horse. I mean, you are a fool, and you know. Next day, the horse runs away. And everybody is now saying that you are the unluckiest fellow. You lost everything you had. Week later, the horse comes back with four mares, and everybody's saying, "My God, you are the luckiest man on earth. You have now five horses, right?" And then, week later, one of the horses steps on the sun's toes, and now the sun cannot walk. And everybody is now saying, "You are the most unfortunate guy in this village. You only had one son who was going to take care of you in your old age. Now even he can't walk properly." A week later, the soldiers walk into the village and say, "Every young man who can walk properly is going to the war." And he's the only man left with his son. And everyone's saying, "You're the luckiest man on earth. You <laughs> still have your son left." Right? My point is, yeah, I love it. These events that are happening at that time may they look good or bad, but years later, you may not know what the implication of that is. And I think you and I have probably. Tons of anecdotal stories. Somebody had a breakup when they were teenager, and after that was the end of their life. And then later you realize, my God, what a nightmare we avoided that one. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. The main thing to really look for is that in life, just believe the universe is your friend. And when you believe the universe is your friend, whatever is happening to you is for your own benefit, and you embrace it. You accept it, you expect it, and you just live your life as if everything that's happening is for your benefit. I love that, and I hundred percent agree. And we create our reality by how we interact with what's happening with us. That's right. And so, when we collapse into polarity of right, wrong, and good, bad, then that's when we open up the suffering bucket, right?、Exactly. That's when we allow the suffering in because now you have the positionalities, and in non-duality or when pure presence. There is no right, wrong, or left, or right, or up, or down. And there is no present. There is no future. There is no past. It's all happening at the same time because these time and space don't really exist. And that's a fascinating concept. We probably don't have time to get into that. We probably lose a few people, or have them drive off the road if they're listening. They're <laughs> <laughs> But I've been playing with that idea of the holographic, you know, universe where literally, you know, everything has already happened or is always happening. Past, present, and future,、yeah. and we are literally just experiencing a small fragment of that here in this particular lifetime. I don't know if this is the right time and place, but if you really think about it, we all feel that we are a solid person, right? You can touch someone and you can feel it, right? But at the end of the day, we know our body is made of atoms. Atoms are made for what? Electrons and protons. They're made for quarks. They're made of energy. So literally, our floating energy. And our sensors, when I touch someone, makes me feel that you are a solid body, stable, is solid. And we all know that's just not true. We are basically a floating energy, and our brain is being fooled into thinking that they are walking, talking, solid body, right? And I think that's a totally different philosophy. The other thing that I find really fascinating, I think you are a mark, you are an entrepreneur, you're going to appreciate this, right? This idea of people have this ups and downs in lives, and I tell every entrepreneur. Every entrepreneur needs to be alive, and the only way you know you are alive is you have a heartbeat. What does a heartbeat look like? It goes up and down and up and down. And when it's smooth, you're dead. So if you ever find yourself living a smooth life, you actually have chosen to live a life of a dead person, right?、Yeah. When it is up and down, it tells you when you are down, you hunker down, and you know the next beat is going to be up. 
And when you're on top of that beat, never get too cocky. Just know the winter is coming. That's right. (laughs) That's exactly right. That's true for everything. But entrepreneurs feel it acutely because success follows failure, follows success. And it's just like that heartbeat. I love that metaphor. Very cool. How did you find your way into entrepreneurship? Like what inspired you to become a business guy? Well, at the end of the day, people have this idea of entrepreneurship is about starting a company. And to me, that's not what entrepreneurship is. Entrepreneurship is about being a problem solver, right? Mm -hmm. In my world, there are three types of people. The people who complain about the problems. And since every one of us has that hat, they just call them human beings. Human beings bitch about the problems. And then there are visionaries who come up with, oh, why can't we do this? Why can't we do that? And then there are special type of people who actually go out and do something about it. And that special group of people are entrepreneurs. They are simply the problem solvers. Not they just think about the problem, not only they think about a solution, they actually go out and do it. So you can be an entrepreneur when you're inside the company. When you are at home and you're finding a problem, solving those problems, whether interpersonal relationship or with the inner child, whatever that happens to be, you are an entrepreneur. It is a mindset. Being an entrepreneur is not about starting a company. Being an entrepreneur is a mindset of how do you take a problem, you break down that problem, and how do you solve that problem? If you can do that, you're an entrepreneur every single day. (laughs) I love that. There is a unique breed of entrepreneurs, and I think you're in this class, and I put Elon Musk and others in this class that are not just problem solvers, but problem seekers. Right. So let's take Moon Express for an example. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there was no problem there. <laughs> well, there you, problem. Could, you could say the problem was resources or how are we going to sustain humanity in space? But you have to be seeking. No, no, no. There is a big problem here. Right? think about it. Seven point four billion of us are living on a single spacecraft and we call that planet Earth. Imagine if our spacecraft gets damaged, just like when a large asteroid hit the planet Earth. What happened to the dinosaurs? Every single dinosaur species got wiped out. They were much bigger than us. And when we see as human beings, I am worried about our planet, I can say the planet tells you back, don't worry about me, worry about your human species. Don't worry about me. (laughs) I'll be fine. (laughs) I'll still be fine. My point I'm trying to make is that if we don't do something, there is going to be a time when our planet is going to be damaged because we get hit by some outside thing, right? And then all 7.4 billion are going to get completely wiped out. Won't it be nice to be able to go from one spacecraft into multiple spacecraft, but you're still within your solar system. You can go to moon, you can go to Mars, but you're still within the solar system. What if our sun one day implodes? It's going to happen. Every star implodes. What if you go to different solar system Mm -hmm. into our galaxy? What if you go beyond our galaxy into a different galaxy? What if you go beyond our universe into a different universe? And this is how you want to distribute the human species. So if one of the planet gets damaged, you can reseed and still survive as a species, right? So to me, it's not a problem seeker. It is about problem identifier and willing to take the problems that most people will say, why would I do that? And the answer is, Anytime you can do something that can save or improve people's lives, you can create an amazingly great company out of it. You find a product like we started Wyo. If you can help a billion people live a better life, you can create a $100 billion company. But you don't wake up in the morning and say, I want to create a $100 billion company. What should I do? Right? Making money is a byproduct of doing things that improve people's lives. And that's the fundamental thing people need to know is 
when you are an entrepreneur, all your job is to find something that improves people's lives. And if you do that, you can create an amazingly great sustainable company. Yeah. But you don't go out and say, I want to create a company, what should I do? It's nice to back that with a passion, something that you you know excites you so that you have that 4 a.m. kind of wake up call like you do, where you're super excited about what you're doing. So you're excited about space and you're excited about health. Again, we're back to kind of like who is Naveen? Where did those interests come from? Well, actually, you can rewrite history that I, when I was a child. And the point is, all those are history that are rewritten. It's never like that. We become who we are with every single interaction we have in our life. Agree with so that. when people say it's the last straw that broke the camel's back, and you and I both know it's not the last straw. It is all the other straws that were piled onto it before that, right? And that's we are as human beings. Every single thing we did changed us. And there is a catalyst that happens one day. And you think that's the one? Answer, that's not the one. That's simply a catalyst for everything that happened before that, right? So my point I'm trying to say is that you become Mark Divine, not by actually one day something happened. It is every day you change. Every time you talk to a guest, mm -hmm. your mindset changes. And every time you interact with someone else, your mindset changes. And one day you find yourself to be completely different. Right. And most people who have been with you every day, they don't see the change until you meet a friend who hasn't seen you for 10 years. He's a Mark. You're a totally different person. <laughs> You're like, I am? Really? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I'm not. Fascinating. And I think, you know, in that vein, if you start looking at these audacious ideas, to me, it is easier to solve a big problem than to solve a small problem, right? It is the reason I say that is when you have something that can change the trajectory of how humanity is going to live, you attract the best and the brightest people to work with you. Because the smartest people want to work on the toughest problem. And guess what? The people who are successful, they want to become significant and they want to work on legacy-making projects, right? And guess what happens? When you get the best and the brightest together, the money follows. Everyone says, oh my God, look at him working on this moonshot and look at the team he has assembled. You get money and you have now resources, you have team, you can solve any problem you want. And that's point I think you were trying to make was Mike was more most important remark is that finding your true purpose in life. And you mentioned the word passion. And I have never been a big fan of passion. And I tell you why. Passion is for hobbies. Passion is for losers. The true entrepreneurs have obsession. They go to sleep thinking about it. They jump out of the bed every morning wanting to solve that problem. And when people say, how do you find your true obsession? And it's really simple. When you wake up in the morning and if you're not jumping out of the bed, whatever you're doing, you should quit because that's not your true calling. Because when you find that, you don't lie in the bed. You jump out of the bed. Or other thing to do that I found really interesting is ask yourself, if you had everything in your life, you had the billions of dollars, you had the best family you could ask for, you have amazing children, what would you do? And if you do that now, you will get everything that you want in life, right? right? So it is about finding your true calling, your true purpose, your North Star. And once you do that, your work is no longer a work. It becomes your playground. It becomes your golf. It becomes your life. It is something you do because you're retired, right? So when people say, God, Naveen, you're 62 years old. Why do you do what you do? 
I say, I'm retired. This is what I love doing. <laughs> right. You retire from a job. You know, when you're building a business like you're building, it's not a job. Yes. It's something else altogether. That's fascinating. So I have a, an obsession with upgrading humanity's mindset yeah. from negative to positive, from egoic to world-centric to galactic-centric, from contraction to expansion. You know, you can sure. characterize in a lot of different ways. And my passion is training or my other session is training, right? So I want to bring this mindset, but I, I know it through training and I don't know technology. So if you were my advisor, what would you tell me would be some sensible steps to take so that I could serve a billion people? Well, first of all, Mark, I mean, my hat's off to you for what you're already doing. There are not very many people in the world like you who so selflessly been doing this for eight years, helping everyone else upgrade their mindset because you could just be doing it and simply focused on yourself. Instead, you decided you want to have this podcast. You're going to actually invite everyone else to upgrade their mindset, not only with your learning, but the bringing the best and the brightest and the guest who actually would go out and educate people. But I think more importantly, but you know, if I'm your advisor, I would simply say, Biggest resource, the biggest scare or the most scarce resource on earth really is the people who have this mindset of abundance, right? right? The people who don't look at the world as scarcity and everything in our life, we assign value to it. And the only reason we assign value to something because we think it's scarce, right? So things are more valuable when they are scarce and we assign the value to it. And there is a, it's always this idea of win-lose that if you get something, someone else doesn't have it, right? Right. And I think in this mindset of abundance, and I think people have this very difficult time understanding how can you have something abundant when you're living on a planet that's finite? And I'm just trying to change that. So think about it for a second. You say human beings are so greedy that it doesn't matter how much you have, you want more of it, right? And that's basically the mindset. And that's why the things will always be scarce. And then I remind people, there are times where 60,000, 100,000 of us can sit in a stadium, enjoy a game, and we never slap the person next to us and say, you took a deep breath, that was my air. <laughs> Why is that? Because we believe inherently that air is in abundance. We believe inherently that air and oxygen is in abundance, and we all can have as much deep breath as we want. It's not taking away from me. Guess what happened? It is democratized is demonetized, is free for everyone. Now imagine, what do we fight over? We fight over energy, we fight over water, and we fight over land. I mean, those are the biggest three things we fight over. Look at, let's look one step at a time, energy. Every 90 minutes, more solar energy falls on this planet than we use in the whole year. Simply a matter of conversion. It's no different than aluminum. Remember, 200 years ago, aluminum was the most scarce material. In fact, so much so, if you look at the top of the Washington Monument, it's aluminum because we're the most scarce, right? And point is, as soon as we developed the technology called electrolysis, it became so cheap, we threw it away. Now, what is that going to be the electrolysis of the solar energy where we become so much energy, it is going to be free to everyone. And once you have free energy, you can desalinize and distill the water and you have free, fresh water to everybody on the planet. Now, once you have that, suddenly you talk about the land and you look and saying, our planet Earth is such a tiny dot in our solar system. Our solar system is invisible in our galaxy. 
our galaxy is indivisible in a multi galaxy so where is the limitation of land you could be anywhere it's in our mind because we believe we can't live somewhere and that's why we have this scarcity mindset what i'm trying to say is that once you expand the mindset on the possibilities suddenly you see i can win and mark can win and everyone listening to can win and guess what the humanity can win and we don't have to compete with each other. <laughs> we don't have to invade our neighbors either. <laughs> That's right. That's for some other day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, we're going to take a short break here from the Mark Divine Show to hear a short message from one of our partners. This episode of the Mark Divine Show is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Let's face it, COVID was rough for everybody. And many people have turned to therapy when they resisted it prior to COVID. Mental health is key to your overall well-being. And when you get something like COVID to smack you down, therapy is a big boost to get you back on track, whether it's yourself that needs the help or to work on your relationships. This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to take care of your most important relationship, and that's with you. I've been doing therapy for years, and I rely on it. I call it emotional coaching. You have a coach for your fitness, why not have a coach for your mental fitness? BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with a therapist. You don't even have to see them on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used the BetterHelp service. Like I said, the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Mark Divine Show listeners get 10% off their first month. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash markdivine. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash markdivine. I never paid much attention to my gut health until a little while ago when I learned about P3OM by Bioptimizers. And on top of that, coffee and alcohol was destroying my gut health. So I cut out most of the coffee, cut out all the alcohol, and I started taking probiotics and my energy went through the roof. Not just any probiotic, P3OM. P3OM is a patented probiotic strain that increases mental clarity and focus and overall energy throughout the day. Unlike coffee, it doesn't keep you up at night. It actually improves your sleep and recovery so you can kick ass again the next day. Increased energy isn't the only benefit that P3OM offers. It can enhance weight loss and help you gain lean muscle mass as well. There's no reason to spend thousands of dollars at a health food store on a probiotic that may or may not do anything. P3OM is called the Navy Seal of Probiotics by researchers due to its ability to kill bad bacteria. You can see a video of P3OM breaking down food at their website, p3om.com forward slash divine. And also you can get 10% off an order of P3OM right now by going to p3om.com forward slash divine, typing in the coupon code divine10 at checkout. If you order and it's not everything you've hoped for, their support team will give you all your money back. No questions asked. Visit p 3 the letter omcom forward slash divine to get 10% off with the coupon code divine10. And now back to the show. No, I love that. And, and it really is a massive mind shift when people shift from scarcity to abundance and they let go of their egoic grasping of the need to control their outer environment, to hoard, to accumulate, right? And so if you can think of money like electricity and just let it flow, right? It's going to flow the path of least resistance, just like water. So just remove the resistance. <laughs> you want to be wealthy, move the resistance to wealth. And that's in your mind, right? Now, of course, you have to work, right? But work is, like you said, play. It's not work. And so you can even remove resistance to work to make it 
joyful and absolutely a blissful experience with a simple mindset shift as well. And those are the people who actually end up making money are the people who don't chase money, right? It's just unbelievable how it happens is when you chase staying focused on solving the problem, somehow the money just comes. Making money is a byproduct of doing things that make people's life better, right? How do I say it? There was a time when I was young, I could say that, but I think I'm too old to be saying that. I used to tell young kids, right, you know, making money is like having an orgasm. When you focus on it, you're never going to get it. So enjoy the process. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That works. (laughs) Uh, So tell us a little bit about, I want to, first, I want to talk about space and some of the possibilities, you know, for other aspiring entrepreneurs, you know, next generation people who are inspired by this conversation. I am particularly fascinated with space because I've got some Navy SEAL friends who are astronauts. I briefly looked into that as I was a Navy SEAL. And had I been 10 years younger and had the right academic credentials, I would have pursued it. But I was uh, in my mid thirties and I had an MBA. <laughs> yeah, terrible thing to yes, I know. NASA wasn't hiring any MBAs to go into space. <laughs> yeah, so next lifetime. Actually, no, no, no. This lifetime, because you, you no so? longer need NASA to be a space astronaut anymore, right? You can be a private astronaut. This is true, yeah. Yeah, and, and if I wait long enough, I won't have to pay quarter million dollars for it, right? But I think, remember, at the end of the day, think about it. Like anything else, Today, the way the spacecraft, in the old days, the spacecraft were made where they were one use. We don't make a plane that just goes one time and actually we throw it away. Now, once you have these reusable aircraft, the cost of going to space is going to be simply the cost of the fuel, right? Because that's only the marginal cost, right? In that case, the cost will come down to no different than from you going to here to Sydney. I mean, it's not going to be very much different. Going to the space is going to become a common thing just like we go from a plane from here to the other part of the world, right? Right. And you may find this crazy. People say, I want to go to the space. Space is relative. If you're living on the moon, the earth will be space. I mean, the fact is we are already in space. Wherever you go, there you are, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's my point is that if we are in space, it's a matter of who's who's asking. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) And it's all in our mind anyways, right? But the point is, if somebody looking down from moon to earth, they're going to say, God, I want to go to space. I want to go to earth, right? (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, but let's just, you know, part of the drive is from the material aspect of being a human. It's like, I wonder what it's like off this particular rock. And we have this kind of drive to explore, which is also part of the entrepreneurial experience. So what do you think are some of the near-term opportunities for entrepreneurs in space? What are the biggest problems that need to be solved? Again, the easiest and the biggest problems are the ones that actually make people's life on Earth better. So look at the low Earth satellite. I mean, that's a massive business, not only to provide connectivity to the most remote areas of the world, you can also now have amazing amount of business on-demand surveillance. You can go figure out, hey, there were 215, there was a robbery at this place. Let's go look at the satellite, what happened there. You can literally look at, because every inch of planet Earth will be measured in so deep resolution. You can see everything that's happening. You want to predict what is going to be the revenue of uh, Walmart. You can look at the number of cars, count the cars every day, and you can figure out amazing amount of applications you can see once you start to build these underlying infrastructure, right? And then you start to say, okay, what will be the next thing? Well, first of all, solve the problem of the people who have credit cards, which are people on earth. And then you start to see what is going to be the next thing. 
space tourism starts it for rich people and then it starts to become common. And then you start to say, okay, so we're going to have space hotels. And then you can say, okay, just like you're going to a new neighborhood, can you build an amazingly great neighborhood on a planet on the moon? And moon is eighth continent for our planet, right? Mm -hmm. We have seven continents here. That's our eighth continent. We can start to build a great resort on the moon. Then you want to go to the Mars and then you want to be able to go beyond your solar system. And I think these are all step by step. And there are going to be the people who are going to say, you know what? I just had enough of pick a name you want. Trump, Biden, whatever it is. I want to go to the moon. I want to set up my own government. Right? And there you have it. right? So you can go out and have, you know, the, ultimately, we are going to be a multi-planetary society. And we're going to not just have the internet, we're going to have an intergalactic net. And we're all going to be connected over this <laughs> Zoom or whatever Zencaster. <laughs> I have a good question because it's going to be timely, but you know, we can barely get along here on Earth and our international institutions don't do such a great job of creating unified kind of responses or visions. How the hell is that going to play out when we get to the moon? Like, it sparked my interest that you actually got the rights to mine on the moon by the U.S. government. Well, who the hell gave the U.S. government the rights to give you the rights, right? And what does Russia and China say about that or United Nations? So what is it going to look like when we actually do start to populate the moon and then Mars from an international perspective? And how do we prevent what's happening right now between the polarization between China and Russia and the United States from happening in space? So first of all, think of a moon or any other planet as international water. So if you think of from international water, no country owns it. Nobody gives anyone a right. Anyone can go look for oil or gas in the international water. And it, what the law says, you're not supposed to interfere with someone else. And that's literally what it's about, is that you go out there, you find the oil. Somebody can come and say, oh, now that you found it, I'm going to drill it the same place and you get out. Right? You're going to say, look, I spent my resources. I'm going to go out and do this. Think of a moon as another international water. Anyone can go there. No one is giving anyone a right, but nobody's blocking from anyone from doing it. And all that means is you don't interfere with each other. Yeah, don't you think that eventually the pioneers will plant a flag and say, this is our quadrant? In quadrant for interference, right? That means, are you actively doing something there that we are interfering with, but you can't just come and say, hey, this is my flag on the international water. Now I own all of the Pacific Ocean, right? <laughs> okay. That's, no, that's helpful. That, that's an interesting perspective because, you know, I kind of imagine it more like the settlers coming over to America. Of course, you know, we're not that we know of kicking out natives off the moon or to Mars. <laughs> Maybe we will at some future. Point. Oh, God. I don't know. The, the, those lunar girls might be just the right ones there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're going to have some Magellan, you know, from China who says, okay, I, this 10 million acres is mine or belongs to the People's Republic of China. Those are going to be interesting things to deal with. And I think, you know, honestly, that is going back to this mindset of scarcity, that if moon is the only place, my point is, you could be on Jupiter's moon, you could be on Mars, you could be there's so much place to be. Why would you want to fight over something in one place, right? It's only reason you fight there would be somehow if you thought this was the only thing that we could have, right? Right. So my point is there is so much that we could be exploring. There are 200 billion planets out there. Where is the scarcity that you want to go? That we know of. (laughs) (laughs) That we know of, exactly. Do you think that um, human consciousness is expanding globally? You know, 
the question you have to be asking yourself is what is a human consciousness, right? Are we actually humans are simply the manifestation of a universal consciousness, right? Because is there a universal consciousness and we simply are manifestation? And if you start to think about, and I'm going to say something really crazy and controversial, but I think I always think about this is the first time where the religion and science is actually starting to speak the same language. Yeah, they're in agreement, finally. They're in agreement, right? What does the religion say? There is a God or creator, and there your destiny is pre-written, right? And literally, if you look at the scientists, what do they say? We are living in a simulation. That means there is a programmer who created this simulation for us, and there are algorithms that he has created, and we are living that algorithm. That means our destiny is pre-written, right? Yeah. And the programmer is a creator or a God. So my point is we are all saying the same thing. And this concept of, we say, look, if we are made of energy, when we die, this energy just simply, as you know, that's basic thermal principle. Energy just goes back into the other energy. And then when we reborn, the same energy comes back. And we call that reincarnation. Guess what? It is part of reincarnation. Right. right? right. So we are just a manifestation of that universal energy. We are the manifestation of the same universal consciousness. We only need one consciousness. We are just simply a different manifestation of the same consciousness. We're different algorithms, right? Or different expressions. Different expression, yeah. Right. So I guess what I mean by expansion of consciousness, so you're right. So we're bits of consciousness. Yeah. And some people have more bits or more expansiveness in awareness with their particular manifestation of consciousness. My experience over the last five years is that more and more people are having conversations like you and I are having, which gives me the sense, and I've heard other people say this, that the individual bits of consciousness are expanding in more and more humans and that that's accelerating. So that's what I meant. Oh, I it seems like we've entered an age, you know, you're aware of the, the yuga concept from the yoga sciences, right? So we're coming out of the Kali Yuga, which is a long period of darkness, which, you know, states that we're kind of galactically far, as far away from the galactic center as we can be a lot as the solar system revolves around the galactic center. Yes, Kali Yuga, yes. Yeah, the Kali Yuga. So yeah. we're out of the yeah. Kali Yuga. We're, we're into the next age yeah. where consciousness will expand. There's more light, so to speak. So I think that that's really good news, right, for people because it sure has been a dark period the last couple thousand years, right? It's been very violent, very dark. And at the same time, there's all this incredible abundance and prosperity you know what I mean? So this, you have this kind of dichotomy going on, right? Where you have unbelievable good things going on and, and abundance and opportunity, while at the same time, a large chunk of the world is fighting and, you know, and still in poverty. But we're heading in the right direction is what I'm trying to say. And I just wanted to get you thinking that. I think we are. And partly it is being connected. And I think it's literally when the more minds are connected together, we start to influence each other. So when we were living locally and there was no connection, the only people who are influenced by the people in that village, in that tribe, right? And then now, as we start to expand our connections, we're starting to get the knowledge base to expand, and that's enlightening every one of us. And guess what? The information is traveling fast enough, and you know you could argue that's good or bad because we now we are becoming selective information seeker. Right. That means whatever bias we seek, we you know you receive, right? right? So whatever you want to hear, you will get to hear just that. Overall, you know, this 
consciousness is not expanding, our awareness of consciousness is actually expanding. And it's like, you know, asking people say, our universe is expanding. And you ask yourself, expanding into what? <laughs> is it another universe we're taking over? Or it's just how does the universe expand, right? right? Because at the end of the day, you can expand into something what? It has to be something else or it itself is how do you get bigger, right? So anyway, the point is that at the end of the day, we human beings, our awareness is constantly changing as we are interacting more and more with the people who have a different mindset. They are able to challenge, and that challenge allows us to actually change our own mindset, right? right? And I think, you know, we can go down on this spiritual path or this idea of what is the consciousness, right? Is consciousness really is a human creation? I mean, and if you ask that humans have consciousness, where is it? How does it get created? If you have everything in our body is physical, right? It's biochemicals. It is electrical. That's all it is. You can never put a test tube with a bunch of chemicals and send the electrical signal and the test tube says, don't you touch me, I'm jealous. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right? My point is, where does that consciousness happen, which is suddenly... Well, I'm speaking <laughs> the same language as you because you know I've interviewed a ton of neuroscientists and yeah. it's always a fun conversation because they all believe yeah. in the conflationist theory that consciousness is, you know, from brain activity and neurochemical processing. It can't be. Because and it can't be. I agree with that. It's, it's impossible. Mind exists independent of, you know, functions of the brain, but it needs the brains, you know, the multiple brains that we have, including the biome, <laughs> yeah. to yeah. make sense of reality. You know, so this is kind of brings me to the next question that's always curious to me is like, what's your take on implants and humans kind of connecting to like the hive mind through artificial intelligence and singularity and kind of the whole human 2.0 movement or transhumanism. Because to me, part of that is really scary in it because I think that humans have such vast potential just by exploring the mind and, and the universe. They don't need to necessarily connect to an AI you know, to explore and to grow. But I could be wrong on that. I'm open-minded. Well, interestingly, we are always actually becoming transhuman. It's a matter of at what stage when you say you have actually transformed. So remember, in olden days, you and I used to remember phone numbers. Every time you had to call, people had to remember phone numbers and the, even the facts about the history. Now, today, I don't remember a phone number because I go to my device that's connected to the cloud that reminds me what the phone number is. I no longer have to remember when particular president was born because I am now connected to the cloud through a device. And this device is actually now happens to be separate from my body. One day it is going to become part of my body. Today it is the watch. Tomorrow is going to be the chip in my thing. And someday it is going to be part of my brain where it is connected. Now people say, well, Memory is different. So you just extended your hippocampus to the cloud. And people say, that's okay. But when it comes to decision-making, I'm never going to give that up. That's what makes me human. So I remind them, when you're driving and Google Maps tell you, take a right turn, you say, oh, what a stupid AI. I know the shortcuts. I'm going left. And you get stuck in the traffic. Next time when the Google <laughs> says, take a right turn, you're taking a right turn. <laughs> Guess what? You just gave up your decision-making power to the AI, right? And this is literally how slowly, slowly we actually become so accustomed to the AI 
you no longer even think it's an AI and a robotics. I've asked a lot of old people, would you like to have a robotics in your house? They say, over my dead body. And then I remind them, what is your washing machine? What is your dishwasher? It is a robotics. It's a robot. (laughs) Okay, we're going to take a short break here from the Mark Devine Show to hear a short message from one of our partners. This episode of the Mark Devine Show is also sponsored by IPVanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, or other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure when I'm using the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse by encrypting 100% of your data. That's all your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, all shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your location is hidden. It makes you virtually invisible online. And it's simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. And they're offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan to you, a listener of The Mark Divine Show, with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on as it's running in the background. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand that's rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish, I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com forward slash divine and use the promo code divine, D-I-V-I-N-E to claim that 70% saving. That's IPVanish.com forward slash divine. This episode of the Mark Divine Show is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's face it, sometimes multitasking can be overwhelming. Like when your favorite podcast is playing and the person next to you is talking and your car fan is blasting all while you're trying to find the perfect parking spot. But then again, sometimes multitasking is easy, like quoting with Progressive Insurance. They do the hard work of comparing rates so you can find a great rate that works for you, even if it's not with them. Give their cool comparison tool a try and you might just find that getting the rate and coverage you deserve is easy. All you need to do is visit Progressive website to get a quote with all the coverage you want, like comprehensive and collision coverage or personal injury protection. Then you'll see Progressive's direct rate and their tool will provide options from other companies all lined up and ready to compare. So it's simple to choose the rate and coverage you like. Press play on comparing auto rates. Quote at Progressive.com to join over 27 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates are not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I've been wearing 10,000 training shorts for over a year now, and I love these things. These are fantastic. 10,000 makes the highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable shorts that I've ever worn for training. I've been wearing their tactical short, which is the ultimate combination of durability and mobility, as well as their interval short which is the most versatile short, perfect for any workout. The tactical short was tested by over 50 special operators who put it to the test by rucking, swimming, lifting, all around beating it up. This is the holy grail of tough workout shorts. And the interval short is perfect for gym days, spinning, short workouts, hit, and backyard workouts. Both have great features like permanent anti-odor protection, an optional liner that's super comfortable and prevents chafing, four-way stretch, and breathable lightweight fabric. 10,000 believes in being better than yesterday. They have a stoic dedication to continuous improvement, not overnight success. And they have a team of over 200 athletes who test their gear to ensure great design, great fabric, great fit. They also offer free shipping, free returns, and a lifetime guarantee. 10,000 is offering listeners 15% off a purchase. If you go to 10,000.cc forward slash divine to receive that 15% off. Again, that's 10,000.cc forward slash divine. And now back to the show. 
Well, what are the risks associated with this, though? Because, you know, just like any technology, you've got real positive benefits or real dystopian, malevolent benefits. So what are the risks? Let me expand the thoughts. One more part, right? You remember the days when you had to dial into a modem to connect to the internet, right? Right. Those were the slow band with 300 baud modem, right? And now we are connected broadband and we can have all these wonderful conversations. Guess what you and I are doing? I'm communicating my thought to you and everyone else using a slow baud modem called my speech. Mm -hmm. So I am speaking to convey my thought. That's like connecting through the modem because that's only how fast can I speak. What if my brain was actually could communicate with you and instantly give you all the thoughts, just like a broadband? Instead of spending four years in college, what if you can upload all the professor's brain and you can subscribe to their brain? So as they are learning something new, you're automatically <laughs> learning. Subscribe to their brain. That's a great concept. I love that. Interesting. I'm not sure I would want to let anyone in my brain, but that's uh, that's a whole different topic. Well, that's a different topic because at the end of the day, it is not the thoughts in your brain that matters. What matters is what you express, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. So you're not just giving someone unfettered access to roam around in there. <laughs> You'd have some sort of mechanism to express thoughts, you know, telepathically that's right. or digitally. That's fascinating. And I think, you know, Coming back to the you know health side, it is exactly the same thing that I learned as I was doing my healthcare ventures. As you know, I'm working on Wyom now, right. and that's essentially understanding the human biology at a molecular level to be able to understand what is causing you to be sick. Using the machine learning and AI to be able to say this is what's happening, Mark, in your body, and this is if you don't change something, this is what's going to make you sick, right? And then tell them. What can you do about it not to be sick? So, you know, I don't know if you know how much you know about my current journey that I'm doing on a health. Well, no, let's get into that because last time we spoke, you had just launched Viome and I, oh, oh I mentioned God. earlier that I had uh, become an early customer. And yeah. But um, boy, a lot's happened in five years. A lot of machine learning, a lot of evolution of what you guys have learned. So let's get into that. Absolutely. So today, with you know, what we do is we are able to take your saliva, drops of blood and your touch of a stool. And we are able to now look at that, analyze every gene that's expressed in your human body, every microbial activity is in your gut, everything that's happening in your top of the tube in the saliva. And then we come back and tell you, hey, Mark, your biological age is like for me is 52, even though I'm 62. That means I am 10 years younger than my chronological age. My immune health is 89. That means I am well prepared to be able to defend flu or cold and God forbid COVID, right? Mm -hmm. My cellular health is healthy. That means I'm able to now look younger in my skin. I don't have wrinkles on my face, right? Or my inside my organs, right? And then it says, hey, don't eat broccoli and cabbage because your sulfide production in your gut is too high and it's causing inflammation and it comes from sulfate, which is coming from broccoli and cabbage. Now, your oxalic acid mechanism is not very good, so don't eat food and high in oxalate like a spinach. So despite Popeye telling you that the spinach is good for everyone, I'm telling you that Popeye was not a scientist, so don't go there. <laughs> he was a sailor man, not a scientist. He was a sailor man, not a scientist, right? Same thing we can now tell you, hey, your ammonia production is too high. Don't eat a lot of protein or take a digestive enzyme with protein. And by the way, don't take vitamin B3 because your uric acid production is too high. Don't take turmeric. Everyone tells you it's really good for you. 
your bile acid is too high, it's actually converting into bile salt. And don't take, by the way, NAD and NR. Everyone tells you to live long, take NAD. And I'm telling you that your cellular senescence is too high or inflammation is too high. Don't do that. It's going to cause you more harm. But you do need 22 milligram of berberine every day. You do need 27 milligram of elderberry. You do need 79 milligram amylase. So we tell you everything you need, your vitamins, minerals, herbs, digestive enzymes, amino acids, and guess what? And then we make them for you on demand with only those ingredients with that dosage, and we can ship it to you. Oh, wow, that's new. You didn't have uh, you didn't have a link to the products back then. And then guess what happened? We did the test in four months, people who actually took our supplements and our food recommendations. We did a clinical study where we showed in four months, your depression clinical score measured by PHQ-9 came down by 36%. Your IBS, which is a stomach ache and bloating and gas, 40%. Diabetes came down by 30%. And your anxiety score measured by GAD-7 came down by 32%. Imagine that. This is the drug. No drug does that. This is the food as a medicine, right? What Hippocrates said 2,500 years ago, let food be thy medicine. Let food be thy medicine. Agree with that. We are what we eat. And also, how we, we are how we breathe. <laughs> as well, and that's true. Whole idea of doing a Wyom test is to actually understand what's happening in your body and find out what you should be eating, what you should not be eating, and we tell you why, what supplements you need. And the idea is to prevent that. And then guess what happened? As we have now analyzed, Mark, since you and I chatted, 325,000 people we have analyzed. And guess what? Now we can learn what causes you to have different diseases. We went to FDA. And we got the FDA breakthrough device designation for detecting stage one oral cancer, stage one throat cancer with 95% specificity. That means now we are launching a test. You spit in a saliva, spit saliva in a tube, and we literally can tell you, do you have a cancer or you don't have a cancer? No kidding. No kidding. And now we are expanding that to other cancers, breast cancer, pancreatic cancer, prostate cancer, GI cancer, colorectal cancer, stomach cancer, right? And we have found what causes people to have these diseases, and we went to GSK, and now we have two vaccines that they're developing for us. One is for colorectal cancer, and one is for autoimmune disease. Think about it. Simply by learning the human biology, we are actually curing a disease that has never been cured. Today, you have an autoimmune disease. They give you biologics for the rest of your life. No cure. Mm -hmm. Now, we are finding what, is, what microbes are causing it and actually developing a vaccine against it. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, because when you started, you really were just trying to understand the biome and trying to educate people, obviously, on the role of the biome in terms of, you know, overall health and mood and everything. And you've expanded to the whole system, the whole body system. Yes. Your saliva, blood, stool, everything. You've extended it to food and cancer detection. What are the other opportunities for you with this concept? Well, honestly, the, our goal is to prevent the diseases from happening. If you come to us late, we want to be able to diagnose them early. So we are now putting a diagnostic test for IBD, which is an autoimmune disease doing the things for colorectal cancer, developing more diagnostic for all the different types of cancer, and then developing a cure for these diseases. So my goal, if you ask me in 10 years, would be to not have no one ever having to buy my diagnostic test or therapeutic test. Right. If that will be my ideal thing, because we have prevented everyone from getting That's sick a, in the first place. You want to put yourself out of business. I love that. Yes. <laughs> Obviously not doing it for the money. Oh, that's pretty fascinating. I have to get back on board with this. We'll talk to you after the podcast. I'm going to send you one. You should absolutely try it. You're going to love it.
I will. I know I'm looking forward to that because all the tools for it to be optimally healthy and to live extremely long, productive life are right in front of us, right? It's healthy food, healthy water, and sunshine and fresh air. And, you know, good sleep and having a positive mindset, not having stress, removing anxiety and stress from your life. Right, exactly. Okay, so that's awesome. So Viome, Viome.com is where people find out more about it. That's awesome. What other um, exciting things are in your future, you know, that are on your horizon? My goal really is to honestly understand everything around the world is to get rid of these chronic diseases because 7.4 billion of us, all of us are going to suffer from a chronic disease sooner or later. So my goal in life is to be able to do something to get rid of this epidemic that we have. We have this, what I call infectious disease or pandemic of COVID. And I'm not minimizing what happens here. A lot of good souls lost their lives. But every day, we lose millions of people to heart disease. We lose millions of people to diabetes. We lose millions of people to depression, anxiety, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, cancer. I lost my own dad to cancer. And that's why God may drive me to just say, screw it. I'm going to fix this problem. Right. Right. That sure is a moonshot. There you go. I'll help you in any way I can. <laughs> Brother, that's what you just said. I mean, I, I think you can bring in awareness to it is all we need. And I'm going to send you the kit myself. You should experiment it and you should go do it yourself and then let people know about it. That's all. Yeah. I will. I'll definitely do that. Are you um, friends with Peter Diamandis? I just reconnected with him at a conference and rejoined his uh, abundance. Peter and I have known each other for 20 years. He's a great guy. I am actually on the board of XPRIZE. I'm also on the board of Singularity University and with right. Peter both on both of them. So I've known Peter for 20 years. Yeah, he's a neat guy. You remind me a lot of his. And I'm rejoining his abundance community. I was part of that about five years ago when I met you and yep. right when he had launched it. And then um, it kind of slipped away. But uh, what a neat group of people and to be around people like you and entrepreneurs who are solving these big problems. And Singularity, that's also on my list to, to get over to the Singularity group uh, next year or so. Because I think you've got a great entrepreneur program right there or, or an executive. They do. They do. Kind of- executive program. Actually, five to seven days program. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Naveen, man, we could talk forever, but uh, I'm sensitive to your time. We've been going for about 45, 50 minutes. Besides your entrepreneurial work, what is it that fires you up and what other message might you uh, have for the listeners you know, to help them live a better life? I was a dream big, dream so big that people think you're crazy. And what really, to me, gives me the biggest amount of satisfaction is really our children, like our daughter started a women's health company. And I want, if you can spread the word about her, what she's doing is phenomenal. This company called Avi, E-V-V-Y. E-V-V-Y. Avi.com. And she is doing the things about women's health. Nice. So she graduated from Stanford. She's a Stanford STEM fellow, Stanford Mayfield fellow. And she's using a machine learning and vaginal microbiome to actually cure women's health issues. And that's all she's focused on, right? Wow, nice. Our, Oldest one is onto his third unicorn, and he is building the things around things for affordable housing, affordable apartments, affordable senior care, mm-hmm. right? And that's the three programs he had. And he went to Wharton. Our youngest one went to Stanford. He's a Schwarzman scholar, and he's doing a fintech company, right? So all three of our children have decided they're going to go out there and actually focus on making people's life better. And that is what it takes to focus people to be focused. And that gives me more pleasure than anything else. My daughter was actually with us this weekend and she came for this long weekend. She just left yesterday and we were just talking and it makes me so proud that she decided to tackle the women's health issues. She said, you know, women were not even allowed to be in the clinical study because they were considered 
too much, too many issues. They got menstrual period. They got this. It's not too much stuff. Let's just have men. <laughs> and then women are basically small men. That's how they treat them. And he said, wow. no, this is not <laughs> right. <laughs> wow, that is pretty exciting. It's really cool to see so many women entrepreneurs kind of flowering these days, you know. And I just talked to a friend of mine, Susan Sly, yesterday, who's starting a do you know Susan? Yeah, she's starting. I know a, Susan. Yeah, yeah, she's starting a, a like an incubator slash fund with the kind of the moonshot of st- launching a thousand female entrepreneurial ventures. You know, love that idea. I mean, look, we need to support them. It's not that because they are women. We need to support them because they're underrepresented and it's underutilized resource. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's awesome. Naveen, thanks so much. Your uh, website, NaveenJane.com, is that correct? Yes. Yes. N-A-V-E-E-N-G-J-A-I-N.com. Yes. The Viome is just V-I-O-M-E.com. Yes. And what else uh, should I point folks to? Evy.com. E-V-V-Y.com, your daughter's company. Yep. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Awesome. Naveen, thank you very much, sir. I really appreciate you and um, thank you. keep marching on. I'm here to cheer you and support you any way I can. Thanks a lot, brother. I appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. You bet. Wow, that was an incredible episode. Naveen, what a fascinating guy. Um, Truly a spiritual leader. I loved our conversations about philosophy and yoga and basically this world being a simulation and how science and spirituality or religion are starting to agree on these matters. We talked a ton about moonshot thinking, developing entrepreneurial endeavors based upon obsessions that can solve global problems and serve a billion people. And he's doing this with his company, Viome and with his company, Moon Express. And we also talked about his daughter's new company focused on female health called Evie, E-V-V-Y. What a fascinating conversation. Show notes and transcripts will be up at markdevine.com and a video will be going on our YouTube channel, so check that out. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at The Real Mark Divine Instagram, Facebook, and Mark Divine at Twitter. Also hit me up on LinkedIn. Quick plug for the newsletter, Divine Inspiration, which I've recently launched. I'll send you once a week if you subscribe. So go to markdivine.com to subscribe if you're not on our list. In the newsletter, I talk about inspirational people, things that I come across, habits, products, and also guests on this show. So go check it out, markdivine.com, sign up and subscribe. Shout out to my awesome team, Jason Sanderson, Jeff Haskell, and Amy Jerkowitz, who helped produce this podcast, bringing incredible guests like Naveen and produce an amazing show for you every week. I also really appreciate you and your support. Thanks for sharing the show and thanks for the reviews. If you haven't reviewed it, it's very helpful for other people to find it. For credibility, we have over a thousand five-star reviews. I'd love to get it to 5,000 this year. So appreciate your help. And thank you for doing the work. Are you showing up and listening to this podcast? You're part of the solution, not the problem. The solution is to scale our consciousness, expand our awareness of what's possible, our awareness of our basic goodness as humans, our connectivity, our sameness as opposed to our differences, and to expand our care and compassion in a world-centric way. So you being part of this show and doing the work every day to grow and evolve is huge. Can't do it without you. So hoo to you. Thank you very much for listening. I'll see you next time. This is Mark Devine out here. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. Let me tell you about my podcast. We do it uh, every single day, so you can subscribe, and there'll always be a fresh one waiting for you. It's about two hours of uh, topics 
topical topics and news and guests and uh, comedians and, of course, my own vitriolic take on uh, just about everything that's going on in the world. Plus, um, we get a lot of really interesting, uh, notable people who come in. We'll get politicians. We'll get uh, tastemakers. We'll get stand-ups. We'll get uh, authors. We'll get... uh, Pundits will get, uh, what I say? Well, I think about covers it all. Celebrities as well. And uh, we'll do some really interesting interviews with them. You can get The Adam Carolla Show wherever you download your podcast. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 